You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. We're finishing up Matt Williamson's Mock Draft 1.0 for the 2021 NFL selection meeting. Uh, there is I, I, I'm i enjoying this draft season. Offseason is just as fun as the regular Thank season you. to me. And the Super Bowl champion has been crowned for 2020. So, I mean, it's all draft. It's all free agency. And I, there's there's still going to be a ton of wild trade action in the NFL this offseason, too. So we'll see how many more of those dominoes continue to fall. And we've got you covered daily right here on the Peacock and Williamson podcast for all of it. At BD Peacock and at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Matt, let's run through these first 16 picks just to remind everybody what happened in the first half of the first round in your mock draft. No trades. And for those of you who missed yesterday's show, you might want to pause here, go back, listen to that if you want to hear all the explanations for all the first 16 picks before we spoil those and go into 17 through. 32. Let's see. Let's start with number one. No surprise. Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two is the New York Jets, selecting Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. Penny Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon to Miami at three. Atlanta Falcons go QB. Justin Fields from Ohio State at four. Cincinnati Bengals at five, select Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. Giving Joe Burrow some more weapons there in that passing attack. Philadelphia Eagles select a wide receiver from LSU, Jamar Chase, at number six. Number seven, Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama to the Detroit Lions. Carolina Panthers at eight, going with the fourth quarterback off the board, Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Number nine, Denver Broncos, Caleb Farley, cornerback from Virginia, back-to-back corners. Patrick Sertain from Alabama to the Dallas Cowboys at 10. Jalen Waddell, another wide receiver from Alabama to the New York Giants at 11. San Francisco 49ers selecting J.C. Horn, corner from South Carolina at 12. Pick 13, Los Angeles Chargers, Rashawn Slater, offensive lineman from Northwestern. Minnesota Vikings, Gregory Rousseau, the first edge rusher off the board from Miami at 14. At 15, the fifth quarterback of the top half of the first round, Mac Jones, quarterback from Alabama to the New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals, going with offensive tackle from Virginia Tech, Christian Derrissaw at 16. Which brings us to Matt, pick 17, and the Las Vegas Raiders. This prospect, Micah Parsons, I've seen all over the map. Linebacker from Penn State, super athletic. It's really hard player for me to place in this draft, but once you get to the teens, I think it gets a lot easier finding a home for Micah Parsons, but I've seen him as high as top five, top 10 in some mock drafts too. Yeah, me too. I mean, preseason, pre-opt-outs, I mean, he was talked about as a top five guy, and I guess there's a couple off-the-field concerns. I don't want to crush the guy. I mean, I don't know that for certain. And you opt out for the entire year. That doesn't help your cause, of course. But he is big, athletic. Everything you want in the position can come off the edge. I, I think he's a superstar. And in my mock, I said, I don't think he's going to fall to 17 when it's all said and done. But if he does, I think Vegas jumps all over him and probably should just grab the best defensive player available no matter what, and let alone somebody like him that's there. 
Real quick note on the Las Vegas Raiders. There's another report about Marcus Mariota maybe being the one that's traded. We had talked, we kind of joked about the report that had Derek Carr going for two first round picks at some point and them jumping in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. I could definitely see them trading one of the quarterbacks. Do you have a feel on which quarterback you would try to roll with and which you would try to trade if you're Las Vegas and use those resources for the defensive side of the ball? Because I think you nailed it. Best defensive player available. Fix that defense. Yeah, right. I mean, I think that has to be priority number one, no matter who is your uh, is your quarterback. I'm such a Mariota believer, but I have to recognize that he's hard to trust. Uh, I mean, he, we saw one good game out of him this year. I mean, can he really string together 16 with the durability concerns he's had over the years? My thought was, I can get a lot more for Carr than I can Mariota, so maybe he's the one I shop. But Carr's really the bird in the hand and the reliable guy, and if I build a defense, I think I have to prefer Carr over Mariota, don't you? I would think so if you're the Raiders. Yeah. And I would also be calling about Mariota and not Carr if I was another team because of that reason that he's uh, potentially someone who could play very well for you and could rebound and had a nice little run there for one game aside from one throw for the Raiders but it's a buy low candidate and someone who wouldn't cost very much so that yeah. I think that would be a, a, tar, a smart target for teams at quarterback that miss out on the big QBs and want someone that could be a stopgap type guy maybe get a little bit more out of him in Mariota yeah and maybe if you know I, I look at Winston that way too like uh, have we really written the book on these guys that were top two picks overall and Maybe we'll say that about Goff and Wentz as well. Like there's, it takes a while to become a good quarterback. And, you know, Mariota in particular had to overcome a lot of things outside of his control. I would roll the dice on him if I were another team without question, especially if I can get him a little bit cheaper. You mentioned Jameis Winston. I have some quarterback ideas as well when we get to the New Orleans Saints. But right now we have the Miami Dolphins second selection in this mock draft at number 18 overall. And the the fourth quarterback or the fourth wide receiver off the board here in this mock draft. And I think the top three wide receivers are pretty clear and there's a little gap. And then it's all over the map with different wide receivers I've seen plugged in in different mock drafts and different big board rankings from draft analysts. Tell me about Kadarius Tony, the wide receiver from Florida that you have here staying in state with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, my logic on this one was. You know, you already add Sewell, so great. I mean, that's kind of a bonus prize. We're building around Tua. We have a lot of picks. Personally, I think Bateman's a better prospect than Tony. And maybe they even do too. But Bateman's a lot like Devontae Parker, uh, Terrence Marshall sort of in that mold as well, where Tony's just a weapon. And there's so many receivers in this draft that if I take Tony here at 18, Maybe with the 18th pick in the second round, I grab another receiver. You know, I mean, like uh, the the world's kind of Miami's oyster with as many picks as they have. I mean, the line's pretty much intact now with Sewell. So I'm just going to get stuff for Tua. And that's what Tua, and that's what Tony is. Super athletic guy and would be a playmaker for that offense and fit well with Tua. So I like your thinking there. Number 19 is the Washington football team. They're definitely in the quarterback market. They might not have pick 19 when it's all said and done and and April rolls around if they send it somewhere for a QB. But here you have them taking an offensive lineman, Elijah Vera Tucker, another versatile offensive lineman. Those teams that are maybe hoping 
that Rashawn Slater falls to them that wants somebody who's versatile that could play offense tackle that could kick inside to guard will probably like Elijah Vera Tucker as well as sort of a runner up uh, the the offensive lineman from USC. Yeah, and there's a lot of directions they could go. There's no question. I mean, adding another receiver makes a ton of sense as well. I mean, I don't even know who their quarterback would be at this stage because five are gone. And, um, you know, uh, way back when I thought, how about Cam Newton and trading for Jordan Love? You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm just throwing stuff at the fan here, hoping something sticks. But this is a very solid prospect on the rise. Brandon Scherf's a free agent. Their line could use him in one of four spots without question in my mind. A run on offensive tackles here. There's a ton of offensive linemen and edge players that will, I think there will be a a large run late first round into day two, well into day two, because maybe the edge position isn't top heavy, but there's a ton of players and it's similar. And there, I mean, there's a little top heavy as well at the offensive line and offensive tackle, but there's a number of first round, second round type prospects uh, on the offensive line and offensive tackle. And every single team in the NFL still needs at least one more or two or three more offensive linemen. So you have the Bears going back-to-back OTs here in this mock. This is Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State going to Chicago at 20. Yeah, I like this guy a lot. A a lot of nastiness. I've watched him a little bit more than some of the other prospects. I think he's a possibility for the Steelers at 24. So you got to pay a little more attention to those guys. Um, but the Bears could certainly use it. Again, I got to think this is a, a heavy offensive draft for Chicago. I, I, at this point, we don't know if Allen Robinson will return. We don't know who their quarterback would be. So this is very subject to change. I mean, if Allen Robinson's not there, I'm sure they would jump on somebody like Bateman. But I'm not impressed with their offensive line. It feels like Washington is a quarterback away from making some big-time noise in the NFC, but they do have a number of other needs as well, a couple of other quarterback needy teams coming up in Matt Williamson's mock draft 1.0. It's wintertime, which means some bad weather and which means road conditions are not ideal. Make sure that vehicle you were driving all summer long is still ready to roll for anything that might come its way all winter long. You can find everything you need. Tires, wiper blades at rockauto.com. Keep your car on the road. Keep your car and family safe. If you need accessories for your vehicle, if you need anything at all involving your vehicle, it is such an amazing selection at rockauto.com, and their prices are always reliably low. Rockauto.com is a family owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com with a unique catalog, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Pick 21 now. Three teams in a row here, Matt. Washington, Chicago, Indianapolis, that all could potentially trade these picks before draft day. You have Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan, going 21 to the Colts. Very talented guy. Um, Justin Houston's up in age. That I, I, They have like four distinct needs, and I assume one or two of them will be solved, or maybe even three or four, by draft day because they have a lot of money. I mean, they need a quarterback, and, and for the p- purpose of this draft, there isn't one to take. Two left tackles just fell, and they need a Costanzo replacement. That's a problem. 
they need an edge guy to kind of replace Justin Houston. And they need a Xavier Rhodes replacement slash successor, depending if he comes back and he's not young anyway. So a lot of directions they can go. I'm sure it'll be one of those four spots. And pay was the best one available, in my opinion, at those four spots. Tell me about Zaven Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa you have going at 22 to the Tennessee Titans. Ideally, I think if the Titans, like I think the Titans would have taken pay. I, I think pass rush has to be addressed for them. But they could lose John O. Smith and Corey Davis. I mean, they certainly could use a pass catcher as well. But their pass rush was the worst in the league. And Collins isn't exactly that. I mean, he's more Jamie Collins, you know, is somebody I actually think of with him, where he'll spend a lot of time off the ball but he's long, kind of like Anthony Barr when he came into the league. Better pass rusher, though. Uh, seems to be gaining a lot of steam. So front seven help would certainly be helpful to them. And, you know, I, I think Vrabel would use a a versatile, you know, Patriots-type dude in a Ninkovich manner. But ideally, I think they would love a pure edge rusher to put opposite Landry. Positionless offenses are spreading around the NFL, which means those types of pieces on defense are becoming more and more valuable. And I don't think anybody yeah. is more of a prototype than that uh, with some of the off-ball backers in this class. But Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa is number one for me. That's that style of player that can do just about anything you need a linebacker to do. He can rush the passer. He could play a strong safety role. Outside backer uh, could do a number of things. From Notre Dame, you have him going to the New York Jets, their second selection in this draft. And, and another player, I think the linebackers are the toughest ones for me to place, but Coromo is going to be one of those, I think one of those players that a lot of teams really fall in love with because of his versatility. Yeah, I don't think he's much different than Isaiah Simmons or Jamal Adams for that point. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, you're talking about someone that was with the Jets that they, you know, you got this pick for. Um I don't know that it's a massive need for them, but they're another team. Their, their roster will look much different on draft day than it does now. I just thought he was the best player in this draft, you know, still sitting there. So you're the Jets. You have a ton of picks over the next two day, two years. Why turn your nose up on the top-ranked guy in a defense, you know, somewhere you can use him for sure. You know, you, you mentioned his versatility. He's going to help you somewhere. And deep down, I don't think he'll last to 23 either. Number 24. Linebackers are hard to spot. You're yeah, right about that. It is it's very difficult. Yeah. Depending on which teams value that position more than others, because it's not quite. It, it's odd because running backs are becoming less and less valuable, as are linebackers, but then the versatility of a pass catching running back or the versatility of a linebacker who can cover and rush the passer and do a number of those things becomes more valuable. And it's the old school thumpers that are out. So it's a little bit of both at the same time with some positions around the NFL um, and the first running back comes off the board here to your Pittsburgh Steelers Matt I had a feeling you might go this direction and I think depending on the team that is doing the drafting is what's going to decide whether it's Travis Etienne from Clemson or Alabama's Najee Harris is the first running back off the board you have Harris here going to Pittsburgh yeah and if I were Kevin Colbert and this is the way it went I'd be looking to trade down you know I'm I'm sort of with I don't I don't subscribe to it quite as much as you do but first-round running backs isn't the best business in town. But, boy, the Steelers need their Terrell Davis for late seat, you know, late career Elway Ben. You know, I mean, you can't be leading the league or near the top of the league in passing percentage. You need a big, physical, old-school guy. 
And this is somewhat of a 1980s way of thinking. I understand that. But the running back position here has been really poor for a couple of years in a row now. Connor's a free agent. Good riddance. You can't count on him anyway. So I would prefer not to use the 24th pick here. But I think they would definitely prefer Harris to ATN just with style of play. Stylistically, it seems like a perfect fit for the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. And it sounds like you are putting a little bit more of the blame on the poor running production to the running back position more than the offensive line in Pittsburgh? Both. I mean, I will almost put a chip down that, you know, that on the trifecta that the Steelers' first three picks will be a center, a tackle, and a running back in some order. Okay. And there's not a center to take here. A couple tackles just fell. So we're going to take the top back and address day two offensive line. But the the running backs here in town have avoided a little bit of blame, especially last year. Everyone just blamed Duck Hodges, but the running backs were terrible. (laughs) Uh, That is 24. So we're on to pick 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team with two first-round selections here going with a defensive tackle from Alabama. How many Alabama players is that? That's at least, I think it's half a dozen in the first round so far. Christian Barmore, defensive tackle from Alabama going to Jacksonville. This was kind of my Jets logic that, hey, we're really bad and we got a lot of picks and we took a guy early that we really like. And now with this late first rounder, we're just going to take the best guy on the board, especially at a position that's really, really not impressive this year, defensive tackles. So if I can get the best defensive tackle that has a lot of upside, it's a need, but finding needs on the Jag roster isn't hard. <laughs> right. So I, I like this fit a lot. Like, yeah, we'll take the the gift of the most, you know, disruptive defensive tackle in this class who played really well in the national championship game and has winning credentials. And we'll, him and, you know, Trevor Lawrence will be our first round picks. I'm cool with that. How were the Miami Hurricanes college football team not better when they had two first round edge rushers. Well, I guess one of them opted out. So that's, that's yeah. one of the keys there. But uh, Jalon Phillips here, the second edge player from Miami off the board, going to the Cleveland Browns at 26 to pair with miles Garrett. This is another team. I think could go a lot of different directions, but Olivier Vernon's coming off a major injury and is a free agent after the year. I think at a minimum, you have to get younger there. If you bring back Vernon, um, or you have to replace them. So an edge guy makes a lot of sense. Their linebackers and safeties, I mean, really their back seven isn't particularly good besides Ward, but they did draft the two LSU kids the last two years. They didn't, we haven't seen Delpit, Delpit yet, but um, I got to think Cleveland goes defense, defense, defense. I just saw a clip on Twitter of Miles Garrett getting in a, an offseason workout playing some pickup basketball. That guy's just freaky and frightening. The way he can roll through the lane and people try to get in front of him. It's like, you don't want to get in front of that train. And then just throwing down windmill dunks at (laughs) 270 pounds, is he right now? 260? I don't know how much he weighs, but uh, just such a freak of nature. Uh, One of the biggest pure freaks we've seen in a long time. And, uh, man, I I still think Miles Garrett, there's going to be a season where we're like, oh, my gosh, okay, he's even better than we already knew he was. Yeah, 100% true. And... He may already be there already. I mean, I kind of have this theory on Miles Garrett that he was that player before he smashed Mason Rudolph on the head with his helmet. I mean, he had he had a sack a game at that point before being suspended. So then you kind of forget about him. And then this past year, he was really, really good again, got COVID, and was never quite the same. And I also think he had an ankle. There was something else. There was 
And I think we're going to look back at this year and maybe even Cam Newton's one of those guys that they got COVID and didn't translate real well. You know, we didn't see him run to the bathroom like Lamar Jackson or anything, but (laughs) it it can't be easy to be an athlete getting over an ailment that we don't know a lot about. And just all the nicks and and injuries that happened in a season, you hurt your ankle early in the year and it might hamper you all season, even though you're able to play. Yes. And to your point, Besides Aaron Donald, if I had to bet on a defensive player of the year next year, I think I'd pick Miles Garrett. I like it. I'm on board with that for sure. Let's stay in the division here with the Baltimore Ravens next in Matt Williamson's mock draft 1.0. I know the football season is over, but that doesn't mean there is a lack of things to bet on and win money with at Bet Online, including football. Football futures, NFL draft, college futures, where certain players will be traded. I'm seeing Wentz. I'm seeing Deshaun Watson odds. NHL and NBA seasons are in full swing. Major League Baseball coming back. March Madness just weeks away. A ton of table games, casino stuff, and betting on TV shows even. The ways to win money are endless at BetOnline. Real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I keep calling this mock draft 1.0. You have to put the point in there if you're talking about mock drafts because at any moment, Matt, if you want to change it up, we can make this 1.1. Really quick, but right now the Baltimore Ravens on the clock. Joseph Asai, another edge rusher here, a run on edge players out of Texas going 27 to add to that pass rush. Uh, They might have uh, a vacancy to fill in free agency. This is another team I think the needs are very obvious, and they need a, I've been saying this for two years now, they need an NFL receiver. I mean, it doesn't have to be Amari Cooper, but I always bring up, Anquan Bolden and Steve Smith and Derek Mason and all those guys they've had over the years that are chain movers and reliable. All their all their receivers are all athletic, great testers, young, but they're not route runners. And I just tweeted a minute ago, Lamar Jackson's thrown, everyone wants to bash Lamar Jackson. He's thrown 62 touchdowns over the last two years without a true top receiver. You know what I mean? Like, Give that guy a little bit of credit and just imagine what if he would have gotten his Hopkins or Diggs or Odell's a bit of a stretch. But I'm thinking about young quarterbacks that got a veteran to throw to. I think it would do wonders for Lamar. So I think that's the biggest thing they need to address, but that's not a draft need. So I would deal with that before we get to the draft. Um, We talked about Orlando Brown demanding a trade yesterday. And I thought interior line after Yonda's retirement was a huge need to begin with. And now if you're down another tackle, they may need two offensive linemen. But I went with edge because basically all their edge players are free agents this year, including Judon. So if you look at the the Ravens free agents, they basically return no edge pass rushers. That's a little tough to overcome. Right. And even... In a normal year where they're pretty stocked at those positions, the Baltimore Ravens, they build up front, and that's what they do. So it, yeah, yeah. it's not surprising at all to see them draft a big man early in the draft. And Judon didn't sound like he was coming back. A lot of times you hear coach speak, you hear teams, you hear 
uh, players to be like, oh, yeah, I want to do whatever I can to be back here. Or we love this player. He's going to be back. You know, we're going to work as hard as we can. And he was like, oh, no, we'll see how it goes. That was that was his response to being a free agent. Yeah. So it didn't sound like he thought he would be back in Baltimore, which was an interesting wrinkle, which would make this edge pick even much more sense if uh, they're not able to bring back Judon. I want to move on to the New Orleans Saints here at 28. You have them going with LSU wide receiver Terrence Marshall, the third LSU wide receiver in two years uh, if the first round rolls this way to be a first round draft pick in the NFL. I never put a lot of stress on this, but I, I, I it came up with, you know, Tony going to Miami, keep them in their, their home neighborhood, you know, LSU to New Orleans, nice little transition. And Marshall to me is a really good player. Maybe I'd have taken Bateman here. I think they need a big body down the sideline type of dude, but we don't know who their quarterback's going to be necessarily um, more than a Traquan Smith or a Devery Henderson, just outside the numbers guy. Marshall brings more than that to the table, but again, they have so many salary cap problems. Could they be trading Ramcheck and Lattimore just to get under the cap? And then they have a million needs. I, I don't know, but as it stands now, I think a secondary receiver would go a long way. I have a note about, New Orleans Saints in their quarterback position. We'll get to you in the next segment because we've got to finish up this mock draft here. 29, the Green Bay Packers. Tyson Campbell, a cover guy, corner out of Georgia, and has to be the, the number one need by far for the Green Bay Packers is the corner that plays opposite of uh, the superstar corner they already have in-house there. Yeah, and I think a lot of people will be like, you got to take a receiver. Come on, give Aaron Rodgers a receiver. I know, but did you watch the game where King just got toasted? And corners are harder to come by. That's basically my logic behind that. Like, it's great to have Jari Alexander or Jalen Ramsey, but if the guy opposite them isn't good, you just don't throw at the stud. <laughs> right. Here's one of my favorite prospects in this draft, Aziz Ojolari, an edge rusher from Georgia, undersized but super explosive, high-motor player. I have a feeling uh, he's going to be in the second half of the first round, even though I think he could potentially give top half of the first-round production just because – he doesn't have the requisite length for a lot of teams at defensive end, so maybe teams that run more of an odd front will want to use him as a pass-rushing outside linebacker. But I really like this guy, Ojolari, out of Georgia. Yeah, I got to say, the more I learn about him, I got to say there's a less chance he makes it to 30. <laughs> you know, All the traits you just mentioned don't grow on trees, You know, and edge guys are always pushed up the board. Um, the Bills could use a difference maker. You know, I mean, somebody to kind of succeed Jerry Hughes, learn from Jerry Hughes. They could go guard, they could go corner, but they're in pretty good shape. The Super Bowl runner-ups, Kansas City Chiefs at 31, going with an offensive lineman out of Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. Tell me about Jalen Mayfield. He's a player I've not watched yet. Took over at right tackle this past year and did really, really well. So maybe he's Mitchell Schwartz's replacement, or do we know Fisher's going to be ready for the start of the season? In the meantime, he's got a great history at guard, ascending, solid. I, I think it's time you have to address this position, and it could become a strength really quick. I mean, especially if, if Tardif comes back from opting out, and then you add youth here. They have some free agents on the interior as well, so it's something obvious and that's just not, I actually wrote this before the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl just kind of right. affirmed what I was thinking. Absolutely. And 32 
The world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers going with, uh, oh, did you see, this is what Kansas City did last year. Uh, I, I don't know if it's the right way to go, but a, right. nice, a nice new toy on offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going with Clemson running back Travis Etienne and his 4-3 speed. I'll be honest, like I don't feel confident about that one, and I had to turn this in right before the Super Bowl, which didn't matter. The Super Bowl didn't change my, my opinion at all. This might be the best roster in the league this past year. I mean, finding... Bucks team needs besides quarterback to succeed Brady is really hard on with what they dressed this year. And so I kind of just did what you kind of like exactly what you said, fell into the same trap that the, the chiefs did a year ago. Let's get a shiny new toy pass catcher, big play guy where probably you should just draft a guard. You know what I mean? But Shaq Barrett's up Levante David's up Sue Godwin Gronk AB. So my hunch, it'll be, this pick will be to replace somebody that leaves of prominence because they can't bring all those back, I would think. Well, according to Bruce Arians at the parade and using colorful language and, and maybe, uh, you know, a couple extra Bud Lights, too many, uh, was, <laughs> was definitely adamant that all those players were coming back. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. Jason Light, I actually have audio from the Buccaneers GM on the subject. And I got to give a ton of credit to Buccaneers GM Jason Light. He did a fantastic job building this team. I've seen some people say, oh, you know what? Did all of a sudden the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just build a dynasty? And it's it's not the craziest thing that they could be pretty good for a little while, but it's hard to start a dynasty with a 43-year-old quarterback. So that's something that, that might be a wrench in the works of them winning for a long time. But in the short term, I think this team's going to be good for a while, and they might be better at least for the first half of the regular season next year than they were this year to start out with their brand-new quarterback. But here is Jason Light's um, speech, or just a little snippet of his speech about the Buccaneers and what he expects from them next year resources to keep all you guys together and to keep you next year. And we're going to win this thing again. All right. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't mix words there. That is Jason light. Uh, They're, they're planning on going back to back. I just want to throw one thing out there. I mean, we've seen it so much in Brady's time with the, um, the, or or with the, the Pats, obviously. Do you think some of those guys, I mean, and I, I absolutely think AB and especially Gronk fit this bill, will take a little less to run it back? Uh, I think especially in this oddball year where there's not going to be a lot of free agent dollars to be thrown around by teams, yeah, and most right, of the teams right. that have those dollars are bad. So take a little less and go big in 2022 with your contract and go win another title. Absolutely. Last Jason Light note, I just want to throw this out there too. Look at some of these guys he's drafted in the first two rounds the last couple years. And and don't tell me the draft isn't super important. Vita Vea, Carlton Davis was a second. Vea was a one. Ronald Jones was a two. I could take or leave him. But Jordan Whitehead in the fourth. Um, in, 19, in 2019, Devin White, Bunting, Dean. I mean, those guys are – Scotty Miller this past year, Wirfs and Winfield, like – that's how you build a team. I mean, you hit on a couple second and third rounders a couple years in a row, and you're in good shape, man. Absolutely. Kappa. I think it's, yeah, Kappa at a Humboldt. Yeah, um, Marpet. I think it, you know, three or four year run there, and I think it rivals what the Saints did. And I think it was the 20, was it the 2017 draft with Camara in the 
fourth round, top of the no, to the top of the third round. Ramchick, Trey Hendrickson later on day three. I mean, that draft was Marcus Williams insane. was in that draft. Yeah, Marcus Williams as yeah. well. I mean, that what a crazy draft. Lattimore. Yeah, that was and, yeah, yeah, started were, yeah, with Lattimore in that draft, and uh, a nice run of picks for a few years there for the Saints, which was uh, one of the best runs recently and i think tampa is on a similar heater right now in the same division and it's why both those teams are really good and both those teams roll into week one uh of the season last year and it's been a while for the saints with their quarterback and you get the quarterback position right for the bucks and now they're going to roll into it again as you know a legitimate super bowl contender from day one yeah oh i think so all right, we're out of time here. I uh, thought we would get some questions. We'll push some questions out to uh, tomorrow because we are out of time. But it's always fun going through these mock drafts, and I'll have to put one together for the next time we do a mock here, and we'll see what Peacock's mock draft 1.0 looks like for the 2021 draft. So I guess i got to start working on that in the next couple of weeks. We'll have that one out, and I'm sure we'll have a lot of free agent news. Maybe we'll have some more trades by the next time we talk Tomorrow, Matt, cover everything going on around the league. I know you have some power rankings that are ready to go, some postseason power rankings, some other uh, statistics you want to look at, right? So plenty to get into as we move forward in the 2021 offseason on Peacock and Williamson.